Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 underway. Friday edition prior to Super Bowl 57, live on Radio Row in Phoenix with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Jam-packed show as we wrap up coverage and get you ready for the big game between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Chad, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hutton. A final day in Arizona with the show, and it's been a great week. Yeah, so uh, coming up in uh, roughly 15 minutes, Tony Dungy will swing by. Pro Football Hall of Famer making some news, not because of the football comments, yeah, but his uh, uh, pro-life un- discussion. An we- unlikely uh, source of controversy, yes. uh, Tony Dungy. And uh, I-, I may ask him about that. You may ask him about that, too. Yeah. Who knows what we're going to do, Hutton? It's the-, the world is ours. It's the- Really, the Radio Row is our oyster today. Also coming up, Donovan McNabb will join us in hour number two. Nate Burleson will swing by in hour number three. And uh, plenty of other great conversations uh, headed our way today on the OutKick Network. Chad, let's uh, kick things off with last night at NFL Honors where Patrick Mahomes, this leaked over a month ago. Patrick Mahomes, when they had the vote, was going to be the MVP. 48. two votes. And we knew that. Yeah. 48 of the possible 50. He gets them. And he wins his Most Valuable Player Award for the second time. He joins Unique Companies, the 10th player to do that in NFL history. And... He can win a second Lombardi Trophy on Sunday as well. It has been a long time since the MVP of the NFL also won the Super Bowl in the same season. And you have to go back to Kurt Warner in 1999 wow. to find this. Nine other opportunities have been in place on Super Bowl Sunday with the league MVP playing 0 for 9 since Warner did it in 99. Mahomes can do it here, 5,000-yard passer for the second time in his career, winning the second MVP, and a chance to win his second Lombardi. Well, and he's going head-to-head with the guy that the big question would be now, if Jalen Hurts doesn't get hurt and miss time, I think he would. how won. close was it, or is he the winner? You think he, won- you think he would I have think won I think Hurts would have won it. I think we talked a lot about on this show. I mean, in into late November, December, yeah. he would have been the front-runner, right? So, yeah. I think if he doesn't miss that time, he's probably the MVP. And the question with both quarterbacks going into the game, health, you know, what's the status of both? Hertz is not on the injury report and hasn't been throughout the playoffs. Meanwhile, we know about the high ankle issue for Patrick Mahomes. Clark Hunt, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, he joined Fox News this morning and had this to say about the health of his quarterback. Clark, how many people have asked you in the last week or so how is Patrick Mahomes, and how is he going to be uh, in two days? <laughs> you know, since he got hurt several weeks ago, I, I can't even count the number of times I've been asked that question. <clears throat> the great thing is Patrick's a very uh, 
fast healer, and uh, he was able to get ready to play the AFC Championship game uh, you know, on a week on that high ankle sprain and did just an amazing job, including making the pivotal play at the end of the game that helped us win it uh, on his legs. Uh, he's doing great this week. Uh, I don't know that he'll be 100%, but he's sure isn't going to tell you otherwise. If not 100, give us the number. Is it 80? Is it 70? Is it 99? It's MVP. (laughs) MVP last night. And his faith is so important. We just love him. We're pulling for him. There's the uh, discussion from the Hunt family on their quarterback. I haven't given this a ton of thought. Based on what I saw against Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game, I think Mahomes will be just fine. We've been doing a lot of radio hits since we've been out here with uh, some stations all over the country. And that's always one of the questions asked, Yeah, what to expect from Patrick Mahomes. I agree with you, Hutton. I haven't given it much thought because I know he's going to be better than he was health-wise against Cincinnati, and he was really good. Uh, Pro Football Doc joined us and said all the research looking at the film and everything, they broke it down to he was 86%, mm-hmm. I think, in On that their rating. Game. Yeah, On their so sick rating. that 86% of Patrick Mahomes is pretty damn good yes based on what we witnessed in that game so is it 92 percent is it 95 percent I don't think it matters to me it's more about not what he is going into the game but what happens when he gets hit for the first time or lands on the ankle wrong how quickly does it spiral down at that point that that's that to me is the biggest question I don't think we're going to see any noticeable change or difference in Patrick Mahomes in this game. From Super Bowl 57, next year we'll be in Vegas for Super Bowl 58. Chad, Vegas released the odds for the Super Bowl champion for the 2024 Super Bowl. What stood out to you? Yeah, so Clay Travis actually sent us this earlier. Uh, the odds are already out. It's never too early to start talking about next year, even before this Super Bowl is played. It's day one. And what jumped out to me with uh, uh, the odds, it's Kansas City. You know, again, and, and – Really, Hutton, you start to think about it, and you see there Kansas City, then Buffalo, Philly, San Francisco, Cincinnati, uh, the usual suspects yeah. that you would assume would be towards the top. But in thinking about Cincinnati, with Mahomes locked in contractually, the guys hosted five straight AFC championship games. I feel like we could have just a dry erase board and erase this and put it up. Every year. Let's go ahead and put the 2025 Super Bowl odds up. The 2026, I mean, do you see KC not being one or two on that list? Oh, they'll be there. I mean, they're going to be there for a long time. And it goes through Arrowhead. Yes. That, that's the other key. We've seen five AFC Championship games hosted by the Kansas City Chiefs with Mahomes as the starter. They had not hosted an AFC title game prior to Mahomes being there. Um, that all factors in. It's a very difficult place to play. Um, and the same goes up top for Philly with the loaded roster and what they're going to be able to return contractually. They're also loaded, locked and loaded, moving into to next season after this game. I was surprised to not see uh, Philly number two on the list, right? I think it was a Buffalo yep. was next up um, because of that roster and because of the very team-friendly deal they have right now at quarterback with Jalen Hurts. They've been able to build a powerhouse roster around him for that reason because his contract, his rookie deal, very, very friendly. The Big 12 and the SEC and the television rights, there's a contract that has sped up a bit. After hearing that it wasn't going to happen until 2025, it now will happen in 2024. Thankfully, Texas and Oklahoma join. 
Scheduling is now going to be factored in over the next three months, according to SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Texas and Oklahoma combined will pay out around $100 million to the Big 12 to sever ties. Fox will also get the home-and-home -home series for Texas and Michigan. And the first of those, I believe, has been flip-flopped to Ann Arbor and was supposed to be in Austin. So if I'm reading that correctly, yeah. the home-and-home. -home. I love it. Um, this makes a ton of sense. And it's what should have happened. It just took bargaining chips like this. It took a, it to took fall a story getting out that it wasn't going to happen for it to happen. Yeah, you know, you had the report well, that they're going to they're going to stay and they're yeah. going to be forced to stay. And then and your mark even says 2025. Well, yeah, this what, makes a, more sense. A week and a half, two weeks later, now they've come to an agreement. So yeah. once that the possibility of them being you know forced to stay well, and not working out a way to get out and we knew once that got out now suddenly a deal is struck if a conference has a chance to make a hundred million or texas and oklahoma leave and you don't get anything you take the money it's one year yeah and it allow and your television partner is still happy with that espn's the other partner with the big 12 and they're moving into uh into company with the sec um I'm just glad it's happening a year early, and it's going to happen the year prior to the college football playoff expansion. Yeah, I'm happy that this is happening as a, as a fan. If it didn't happen, the big loser would have been the Big 12. Yes. So this is great for the Big 12 that they were able to get something big in return and not have this awkward purgatory extra season of Texas and Oklahoma having to play BYU and UCF and Cincinnati and Houston and all the new Big 12 teams that they're not going to have any type of rapport with moving forward because they're out of the conference in a year. Plenty of other headlines throughout today's show, plus some great guests. We've got Nate Burleson and Brian Erlacher on the show today. Uh, also Donovan McNabb, Ron Jaworski, and when we return, Pro Football Hall of Fame coach Tony Dungy joins us on OutKick 360, live on the OutKick Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360 continues from Radio Row Super Bowl 57. Coverage from Phoenix, Arizona. Hutton and Withrow with you. Pleased to be joined by Pro Football Hall of Famer Tony Dungy. Welcome. Hey, thank you. It's great to be with you guys. It's very unusual to see Tony Dungy and controversy in the same sentence. How weird has it been, the reaction to uh, the comments recently? Uh, you can't really worry about it. You know, um, it's not something I don't want to be controversial, and uh, it's not something you, you try to do, but uh, it happens at times. So. And we don't think it was controversial. Well, and, and, and being, you know, pro-life uh, for some reason is controversial <laughs> in some corners of, of media. I, I just don't understand that, that concept. You know, that's, it's, 
it's beyond me. It's certainly us with, with our show and our company, not that way with it. But how do, you, how do you handle that when you're talking about your convictions and who you are and what you believe? But for whatever reason, that's now a controversial stance to some. Again, I, I think you have to speak the truth in love, and you have to speak your opinion. And, and so you try to be loving about it, but, um, you know, I'm always going to represent Christ, uh, number one. I'm going to represent my family and, and my beliefs, and, you know, that's just what you have to do. So uh, you can't really worry. I, I've, I've been in controversy in a number of different areas. Uh, I can remember back a few years ago when I went to Leavenworth Prison and saw Michael Vick, and I told Andy Reid, I, I think he's a changed man. Well, that was controversial. Mm -hmm. People, how can right. you stand up for a dog killer? You know, so you're, you're never going to please everybody. Well, take us through, from someone who's done it and, and coached in, in a Super Bowl. What is this week like for both coaches, specifically Nick Sirianni, going through this for the first time? That, to me, is going to be the, the key. Um, when I went, our team went in 2006, I was with the Colts. One of the people I called was Andy Reid. And I said, hey, Andy, tell me about this week, what it's like. He Two gave, years before, I yes, think, he was in the yes, game. Yeah, he was in. And he gave me some tips that made a big difference in how we prepared because he had been through it. Well, um, you know, Nick Sirian, I'm sure he's called some people, too, and, and gotten some pointers. But Andy's been through it. A lot of these guys on – the Chiefs have been through it, and it's a long week. Um, they feel like they've been here forever. They're going to want to play this game today if they could. Uh, you're going to get out there. You've got a long warm-up and all the build-up to the game. And just handling the, those last 48 hours, um, that's something where experience does come in. What is the best piece of advice you would give a coach who called you? I would say, number one, uh, let the guys enjoy the week, enjoy the moment. Uh, I told our guys uh, we had Monday and Tuesday, no curfew. Edron James was from Miami. I said, Edron's got you guys. I don't want to just don't go to jail. I don't want to hear what you do, but just relax and have fun. Enjoy it. Enjoy the, the week. And then we're going to start to gear in, you know, 48 hours before the game, Friday night, Saturday. Let, let's tune in and appreciate the moment. Appreciate the moment that, hey, this doesn't come along all the time, so let's make sure we give it our best shot for these next 48 hours. Tony Dungy, our guest on Outkick 360, you know Jim Irsay well. Are you surprised by the last 12 months or so with Jim as the owner of the Colts, or is this right on, is this on point with the guy you know? I, I was surprised when he let Frank Wright go. Um, Frank had had some success there. They'd been in the playoffs a couple times. They got off to a little bit of a slow start. But a lot of people were off to slow starts. And uh, I just didn't, I, I didn't see that coming. Once he decided to make the move, uh, the things that have happened since then haven't really been a big surprise to me. He's, he's a believer in Jeff Saturday. He is a relationship-oriented person, Jim Irsay is. So that, that didn't surprise me. I like the way he's taking his time going through this, this process. He thinks outside the box a little bit. He's examined a lot of people. The fact that he hasn't made a decision yet kind of leads me to believe it may be one of these coaches involved in this game that he's got his mm. eye on. I, I don't know. But I love the fact that you know it, it wasn't just, okay, I interviewed 10 people and now I'm making a decision. He's taking his time. What was it about Saturday that Ursay sought? Well, Jeff was a leader. 
and Jeff was one of those guys who behind the scenes, uh, he got a lot of things done. He was involved with the Players Association. Um, he was one of our captains. He, he had leadership qualities, and, and that's what Jim was looking for. Uh, I remember when, when I got the job, I got fired in Tampa, and Jim Irsay called me on the phone. He said, hey, you don't need an agent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're the guy I want, and let's get this figured out, you and I together. And it was outside the box at, at that time and, and the way he did it. Um, so he doesn't always march to his own drummer, but I, I think he's going to do what he thinks is best for the organization. Andy Reid, I believe, is in season 24 as a head coach. You stepped away at, what, 13, 13. years. Um, do you look back and think, man, if I kept going, I would have done this, 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 or was the calling greater than just coaching? It was the time for me to, to step aside. I didn't think I'd go into television and, and broadcasting, and, and that's helped me stay involved with the game. But I've been able to do other things, and I've been able to get involved in things in the Tampa area and our foundation, our, our, what our family's doing. I've been able to help some other people, other coaches. So uh, for me, it was time. But when I look at Tom Brady and Andy Reid, guys I competed against that are still yeah. there doing it, you think, wow, that's, they, they've been at it a long time. But Coach Reid's fantastic. I have a lot of respect for him and what he's done with not only the Philadelphia franchise, but the Kansas City franchise now, special. I hit record all on Football Night in America and watch every Sunday. Uh, and, and really enjoy it and the rapport on that show. How much fun are you having staying attached to the game and being able to talk about it weekly? It is beautiful for me. I enjoy football. Uh, I enjoy our family at NBC, and we get to cover some great games. But to do different projects, uh, you know, I got to go to Jacksonville and interview Doug Peterson for the game and talk about his impact of what he's done, not only for the team, but in the, in the city of Jacksonville. Those are the kind of special things. I got to go to Buffalo and cover a game up there and actually did a chapel service for the Bills before the game. And I got to meet DeMar Hamlin and some of those guys and that have become kind of in the forefront of things since, since that incident on Monday night. Uh, those are the things that are special, the relationships you build and, uh, you know, being able to go to the Chiefs locker room after their win and congratulate Coach Reed. Um, those are things I cherish. You know, I didn't even realize this was the first Super Bowl with two black starting quarterbacks until someone wrote about it. And I think the fact I didn't even realize that shows how far we've come when it comes to that because it's not even anything people think about when they think of Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. That certainly wasn't the case. You were a college quarterback. You played defensive back in the NFL. When you look back at your transition from college to the NFL and the way things were thought about then compared to now, what do you think? Yeah, I look at Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes and their style of play and the fact that they're the leaders, unquestionably the leaders on their team. And as you say, no one talks about that. Uh, we just take it for granted as a fact. Well, I go back to the 70s, and we had Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts type of guys who didn't get the opportunity to play, and it was different back then. I think we've made a lot of progress. I think we need to continue that progress, but it's neat to see that the unquestioned leaders of this team really, um, you know, we, we wouldn't have seen this uh, 20 years ago. Tony, great to have you on the show. Really appreciate you stopping by, and you've got the breakfast tomorrow morning, right? Yeah, looking forward to that. Kirk Cousins is the Bart Starr Award winner. He'll be honored at the Super Bowl breakfast. He was selected by the players as the person who's had yeah, a good 
year on the field, but a great year off the field. Uh, the gospel will be shared uh, at that breakfast, and uh, people will get the idea that, yes, this Super Bowl is great, and the team that wins is going to be honored as the best team in football, but it might not be the most important thing of the weekend. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it, guys. Thank you so much. Coach Appreciate Tony, it. Tony Dungy you. has been our guest. Great visit here. More to come from Radio Row. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network. And we continue on the Outkick Network. Great discussion there with Tony Dungy. And uh, Chad, right after we got up, you said, hey, keep up the keep up the great work because he's going to continue to speak his truth. Yeah, I just said, hey, keep Keep saying what you believe in and saying what you feel. And he just glanced back and said, amen, one word back to me and, and walked away. Um, re really good conversation with him. Uh, you know, some big takeaways, what his advice would be to Nick Sirianni in this, yeah. in this game. And talking about giving his team Monday and Tuesday night to do whatever they want. No, no curfew in Miami. Joked about Edron James, that being his hometown. Just said, just don't get arrested. But yeah. do whatever you want. Um, I think, you know, obviously some valuable experience with Tony Dungy. And, you know, interesting that that's, that's the route he would go with a first-time head coach in this situation. Well, another comment he made was asking him about Ursay And is this the same owner that he was used to? And you got the sense that the answer is no on that. He also alluded, though, to the future coach of the Colts. He didn't say Jeff Saturday. He said could be coaching in the game on Sunday. That could be Eric Bieniemy. But the Washington Post is alluding to the fact that Eric Bieniemy hasn't been hired, and it's due to the color of his skin, not the product on or off the field. Um, this has been the routine for Bieniemy year in and year out since he's been the OC in Kansas City. And Chad, he's he's being mentioned as the OC potentially in Baltimore, um, potentially in Washington. We could see him make a lateral move, trying to get out from under. Andy Reid, if he doesn't land a head coaching job. And it could be in Indianapolis, which is why uh, the uh, alluding to the fact that the enemy's not getting a job before all the jobs are filled is a, a bit stupid on behalf of the Post. Yeah, I mean, that would, uh, with what Coach Dungy said, he could be the next head coach of the Colts. Eric Bieniemy is a great mystery to me. Well, he has a I don't, story I don't think passed with the you know law enforcement too, where he's been arrested no, at least four times that we know of. I don't think it has anything to do with race as to why he's not getting a head coaching opportunity. But when you are the offensive coordinator, granted under Andy Reid, which does hurt him perception-wise, right? Because it's Andy Reid's offense. But when you're the if you're the OC of that offense and all the success they've had, and you're getting interviews and you're never getting a job. Something is going on there. And I don't think it's just because he's not a great interview. Nick Sirianni was terrible in the opening press conference when he was named the Philly head coach. I, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't buy that it's just, oh, he's a bad interview. That you've heard a lot of people. He doesn't interview with teams well. well. There's something something else going on there, but it's it's hard to figure out. Well, it doesn't – I mean, we had Bruce Arians on yesterday, and I asked him about it took so long for him to become a head coach. He didn't think it was going to happen. He was 60 years old before he became a head coach. And it took him stepping in as the interim head coach in Indianapolis for him to get that opportunity well, in Chuck Arizona. Pagano was undergoing cancer treatment. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it, was he not getting hired because he was white? Yeah, no. I mean, look, it's I, again, I don't think race has anything to do with it. But there is something up with Eric Bieniemy, And if he's, well, if he's that bad of an interview, 
then that's something you need to you need to work on. Well, we've seen you know Mike Kafka last year with uh, as an assistant coach under Andy Reid. He left to went and went to New York. He was getting head coaching interviews. You're also potentially going to see the enemy do the same based on some offers out there uh, for the Chiefs offensive coordinator in Andy Reid's offense. Let's flip to defense. Speaking of the Giants, Adoree Jackson sat down with us yesterday, and we talked all things football and all things speed. Outkick 360 rolls on with Adoree Jackson. Chad, you'll appreciate this. Adoree will, too. They had to phonetically spell his name. Do you remember when we had callers and they said Adoree? Adoree Jackson. We had and one frequent caller who said Adoree, and we really questioned uh, their commitment to the Titans at the time. Right. They, they didn't. They pronounce the name that way. Currently, uh, New I'm sure York you've Giants heard it corner. all. Always, always. <laughs> well, it, it, to Adoree's credit, he told us he goes, I, "If I play better, maybe they'll get my name right." Yeah, yeah. got to. One <laughs> at least y'all know it. Yeah, yeah, man. How are you? I'm How are things? Good. Everything's good. How you been? Solid, man. Yeah. Um, you, you never cease to entertain with what you're doing. You're actually going from here to a fashion show. Did I get that right? Oh, yeah. So I'm an NFLPA. Um, a little this and that. They wanted to see, like, what type of stuff I wear. Uh, <laughs> I really just be chilling. So just a little casual fit. And, uh, yeah, go from there. Do you have uh, someone that you go to, a consultant, for your fashion? Or is it just whatever you feel like? You're, you're picking up off the shelves and putting on. Uh, my girl, really. But uh, I would say a little bit of both. But she actually told me to put this on today. Um, I listened to her. I've been getting some compliments. So I, I appreciate that from her. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's where I really get all my consulting from. She gets me right. This is the fashion show look today that we're going with straight from here to there? Just chilling, yeah. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Adoree Jackson, I, 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 I couldn't pull it off, but you can. So that's good. That's why you're in the fashion show and I'm here. Your first love was track, right? Yeah. Do you miss it? Um, at times, I, I, I do, especially when I see highlights, where I see uh, Dendy um, jumping or Marquise Goodwin or Jeff Demps. Uh, man, it, I, I love to see those videos that pop up on my sport page randomly. Yeah. Just seeing those jumps, I send it to my long jump coach, and we'll just you know marvel about it a little bit. And uh, so I do miss it, but uh, at the same time, I'm just thankful that I was able to do it. Did you hear about the – I'm sure you have. You're, you're into it. The kid that just committed to South Carolina, the uh, five-star, who's a tra he's going to try to run track at South Carolina as well. Harbor, I think is his last yeah, name. Yeah, Harbor. He, he's from uh, Long Beach, probably? No, the, no. The, this kid is from he's D.C., I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's from the Northeast Hall, but he's Yeah, he's running track. Oh, the, 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 the six – Yes. He's like six. He's, yeah. six. he's huge. Yeah, him. Yeah. Okay. Like he's just listed as an athlete. No, no position. Yeah. He got speed. I, don't, I haven't seen him play football, but I've seen him run before, and he's legit. What's the fastest timed sprint for a Dory Jackson? Slow. Uh, it would be 1035. Yeah, that's it's not slow. That's real slow. It, I mean, compared to when I was at SC and we had guys running 979. We had Jalen okay. Hyatt from Tennessee on yesterday. Yeah. Uh -huh. He was getting ready for the draft. He's a speedster. Yeah. Hutton asked him, what do you want in the 40 time at the combine? And he immediately said, 4-2-9. Yep. So he wants to go sub 4-3 is the goal. Um, can he get there, Adori? I respect it. Uh, I don't know him, but you said he's a speedster. And I feel like, you know, with the right mindset and the right um, you know, training, I feel like he could go that sub 4-3 that sub and, and achieve his dream. What was the biggest change with Brian Dayball coming in with the Giants this past year and your guys' improvement? Uh, I think the, the culture, 
um, him letting us be ourselves and letting us, you know, every family is dysfunctional. And he let us all be dysfunctional, <laughs> but let us be a family and play together. And that's one thing I appreciated the most about him um, and, and the things that he's done for us so far. Well, it's hard to just manufacture in an off season like he did as a you know first time coach. He's jumping in there. Uh, you're trying to get the culture back, right? And you carried the momentum from week one on. I think buying in um, really took place in OTAs, um, and then knowing what it felt like last year, only winning four games, and then at the end of the season seeing everybody else playing the playoffs, and you're just on the couch. Um, so to have that feeling to understand that you want to do something different and be different. So it's a, a accumulation of, of both us wanting to be better than what we were and then days being that breath of fresh air that we needed to, to give us that push to get going how big was that opening week win for you personally back yeah. in nashville against the titans and the, the way you guys won it in the in the very end uh it was sweet uh i wish i would have got a, a pick or, or something <laughs> crazy but to go out with that win um i think that's what got the ball rolling i mean from that point on i mean as a lot of you know, the world scene, you know, we were just playing for each other, playing for one another, understanding that even though we may be down um, during the game, we're going to find a way to fight and claw and to come out victorious. Um, and I think, you know, from, from week one, even when we went 7-2 and two, and then finished up going 2-5, and five, you know, we still found a way to make it to the playoffs and then try to make noise, in which we did. Um, so I think that, that week one was a great start for us. You go up against them in practice all the time. Could you see that big jump coming from Daniel Jones going into this season? Man, I, I, when I first played against Daniel, um, you know, coming in last year and seeing him work, man, I knew, you know, the talent that he had. It was just one of those things where, you know, you always hear the, the saying, God's timing is always right. Uh, it was just one of those moments where you knew eventually it was going to click and everything was going to work out, not just for him but for us as a, as a team. And I'm just so happy for him, you know, that it did and it's working out that way and, and I pray he gets, you know, all the blessings that he deserves. He's way faster than people give him credit for. Speed. Too. That mm. man got speed. <laughs> it's ugly From someone run. who knows speed, <laughs> you, you know run. speed when you see it, yeah. <laughs> it's ugly, but he can get down the field though, so uh, I, I respect that he, he turns on the Jets when needed and I think, you know, that, that Vikings game, it helped us out a lot, you know, being able to be mobile, run around and, and do different things, so him being able to throw the ball accurately. Uh, but to be able to run as well is great. Adore Jackson, uh, you can follow him on social at Adore Knows. How many people here on Radio Row think you're ASAP Rocky? Um, it's crazy. I feel like when I got in high school, ASAP was, was big. Uh, you know, rapping-wise, a lot of people call me that. And then recently, because you know, I'm back and getting my braids, a lot of people call me ASAP Rocky. <laughs> uh, but hopefully, you know, they, they see that and they – Want to help me out, I guess. Give me something. You, you a nice need, deal or something. <laughs> you know, take this for what it's worth, but you really should do an entire interview yeah. as ASAP Rocky. The it. next person that thinks you're him, just say, yeah, I'll, I'll come on and join you and do the entire thing. Let your people film it as a bit. It would blow up on social media, and yeah. it would be hilarious. It was crazy when I first got into Nashville. Um, somebody came up to me and asked me, like, am I a Dory? And I told him, like, no, I was ASAP. And he was so disappointed, and I was just like, oh, you know, I thought he, that would have been cool if you heard that. <laughs> like, I was just messing with him, like, nah. And then I was like, nah, I'm actually a door. He's like, oh, damn, it's cool, nice to meet you. But <laughs> it, it's crazy to hear, like, some people think you're somebody else and don't really care. Um, so that, that was a, a funny moment. Like, I was like, oh, no, I'm ASAP, just to mess with him, see if he leave me alone. He didn't really care. Yeah, so it was kept cool. going. <laughs> We're still working on the, the Reese's endorsement, right? 
Isn't that your candy? That's my, my candy for life. Uh, <laughs> frozen, too. I, frozen. I remember that. Yeah, you put it in the refrigerator. I like it frozen, though. Uh, that's, my, that's my candy. But you've got Porch Pals. Exactly. And uh, this is um, inspired by uh, porch pirates that are stealing things off of porches across this country. What is the, uh, the gift or the delivery that you came home to that was stolen from you? It's actually a pair of shoes from my, my dad. It was the Bread 11s. Um, you know, I got those delivered to the house. It's like December 19th. Um, <laughs> I, I remember vividly, I don't go down and check my mail. And so I wait until the next day and it was gone. Mm. And, um, you know, they say you got to follow protocols. You got to follow police report. And I'm like, man, I just need my money back or my shoes back one or two. Instead of getting furious and, and upset about it, which I was, I um, decided to do this porch piles. Uh, which helps you from things that, in that nature that you don't really have to sign off for, that a lot of people may just leave at your doorstep because it's for a lesser valued item and people may take them. But, you know, a pair of shoes to them may think it's whatever, but it was a gift from my dad, which meant a little bit more. Like, yeah. if it was mine, I still would have been mad, but it's because yeah. I was giving it to my dad, you know, for Christmas to surprise him is what hurt the most. So, um, yeah, got that started, and hopefully, you know, worldwide soon, you know, everybody sign up, but it's, it's launched in California. Delivery insurance, more or less. You need it. Porchpals.com for more info. Adore Jackson, I mean, Adore <laughs> Jackson has been our guest. Uh, good to see you, man. Good to see you, always. Glad things are well. Thank you. Stay tuned. More coming from Radio Row here at Super Bowl 57 on the Outkick Network. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Chad, it's not easy um, having to prepare for a role of George Foreman. Our next guest has done that. Uh, Chris Davis joins us. The film Big George Foreman, the miraculous story of the once and future heavyweight champion of the world. Chris, good to see you. Good to see you, too. Congratulations on your Eagles, first and foremost, Thank making you. it to the Super Bowl yet again. Yet again, right. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. I, I remember the first time that we went to the Super Bowl, uh, or won the Super Bowl. Our first Super Bowl win. Um, five years ago. Five yeah. years ago, 2017. Man, that was a wild experience because uh, my first memory of us going to the Super Bowl, obviously, was with McNabb. Um, and, uh, that was 04. 04, yep. yeah. Lost and to the Patriots. Lost to the Patriots, and I was so devastated. I couldn't understand how that happened, you know. So this time, that time around, uh, when we had Nick Foles in, that was a, a Rudy moment, you know. That yep. was... That was the uh, any given Sunday. Yeah. But we went. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I won. mean? Yeah. 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 So, so I'm proud of these guys. Um, you know, a lot of Rudy moments in the life of, of George Foreman. Yeah. Um, you really went through a transformation for mm. this role. I did. Multiple times. Yes. You gained 60 pounds, mm -hmm. lost 60 pounds, mm -hmm. gained 60 pounds again. I've heard of actors, De Niro for Raging Bull, 
Christian Bell's done it a lot. I don't know that they've done it multiple times for the same role. What was it about your commitment to that to do that multiple times? Well, we're talking about Mr. Foreman here. And I believe that you only get one shot, especially um, in film, to get it right. You know, and I didn't want to miss my opportunity at all to do honor and justice to Mr. Foreman's legacy. So I wasn't going to go into it pulling any punches, you know. I wasn't going to go into it saying, oh, I can't do. It just had to be done, you know, and I had to figure it out. So I was willing to do what, it had to, uh, do what I had to do to make it happen. And it was hard. It was hard. Don't get me wrong. Eating, eating 7,000 calories a day is ridiculous. You do see stars. It is real. What are those 7,000 <laughs> calories you're consuming for the most part? Well, I what did food it, group? What's I the did best bang for uh, your buck on that? Well, I did a, a pescatarian diet. No dairy, fish only, you know, uh, a lot of grains. That's uh, even uh, harder yeah, to gain was, weight that way. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. So I ate a lot of, um, what was the worst thing that I ate? It was the almond butter, raw honey, banana on toast sandwich. Choked me to death. And I wanted an Earl every that was single the worst, time. That was, was the, the worst thing? Because it was, the hardest, it was the hardest to get down. It was the hardest to get down. So there were times where it would take me about two hours to get through a plate of food. Because I just couldn't swallow food anymore. My body just wanted to stop. So I would chew the food and I would sip water just so that I, I was essentially drinking my food. Because <laughs> it was so much food to eat. <laughs> were you offered prosthetics or a fat suit? I was offered a fat suit. I was offered a fat suit. And they called me and they said, Chris, we want to fit you for a fat suit. And I said, listen, you all are away. You're coming back in five weeks. Give me five weeks. When you come back, see where my body is at. And if you think I need a fat suit, get the fat suit. But until then, let me do my thing. They showed up. They came back. They were bewildered. I mean, they couldn't believe my belly. I couldn't see my feet, man. Yeah. I couldn't see my feet. Trying to put my socks on was so hard. <laughs> I'm sure. So hard. I couldn't breathe. You know, I would lean over to put my sock on, and all of a sudden, all the air would leave my chest. You know, so I had to figure out how to kick my foot, kick my foot real quick and catch it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Teaching yourself everything all over again. It was crazy, man. But uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. So when they came back and they saw me, they understood that my commitment was uh, second to none. And, you know, I look up to people like Will Smith, like Christian Bale, like, like you know, I want to be in that canon. And if you're given the opportunity to do it, you got to go all the way. Sure, prosthetics would have been great. Sure, I was, yes, I was worried about my body not being able to come back, you know, but I think I did it in a really healthy way. I didn't want to do a lot of sugar, you know what I mean? So I wanted it to come off, and gratefully it did. In about five weeks, I had gotten back down to like 240. What, what, so you mentioned some great actors. You worked with Forrest Whitaker. I did. On this film. Terrific actor. What was that like? Uh, the first day working with Forrest, I learned a new level of how to act. It's like that, you know, and every day that I worked with him, I feel like I became a stronger actor, a more informed actor, a more uh, gracious actor, and also a calmer actor. He, he has a way of using the space, using his words, using the time. There's no wasted energy at all in the way that he performs, and I wanted to do that. Because as a young performer, you, you want to give it your all, you want to put it all out there right now, in a moment. But he had this really gracious way of doing it. And, and I saw him on screen because I was, you know, watching them film him. And he had no lines. He just had to look three different ways. And right there, I just threw my hands up. I said, this, this is why he's Forrest Whitaker. When I you can see someone look three different ways just, and, and not speak just told the and whole do it story. a different way. It was a completely, 
just told an entire story from beginning to end. That fast. So I, you know, I learned a lot. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah yeah. is one of my favorite movies in the last three or four years. When you're working on a project like that, do you know it has the chance to be special when you see the script and you're, you're putting forth the effort to work on that? You hope. You hope. But you never know. But you never know. It, it's like building a team, right? Until you see the finished product. Until you see the finished product. But it, it is like building a team. And if working on Judas was like this, kind of like the way the Eagles are now, <laughs> everybody is on the same vibration. Everybody's telling the same story. Everybody has the same commitment to telling the same story. So then the story then can breathe and live in that, in that energy. So then it can do nothing but be successful. Well, no weaknesses on the you cast, know? much like the Eagles. They like don't really the have a known weakness hard to find them. on hard their to find team. Them. They're, they're pretty good everywhere yeah. or great in certain spots. Absolutely. I feel like the cast of that movie the same absolutely. way. Absolutely. And I know a couple of the guys, and I was so proud of the work that they were doing. I was honored to just do the part that I did and to watch them just soar, man. You know, and it, you, if you're lucky, you get to learn from your peers in that way. So I felt blessed to be on that cast. I'm also a huge fan of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I have to feel like that is a different creative process with Donald Glover and his team and what they do. Mm -hmm. The show is very different in a good way. Um, was that different, the experience, working with them and how they create? It was. It's a bit on the fly. Um, it's a bit, um, it, it's, there is a structure, but there is some improv to it. So you got to be sharp. You got to be on your toes. Uh, and when I, when I first uh, got there, you know, I was a little tense. And the director, he came to me, he said, Chris, you do theater, right? I said, yeah, I do. I said, okay, do whatever you want. He said, if, if, if I need to shift anything, I'll let you know, do whatever you want. So he took the reins off. So I was like a wild animal out there. And I just, yeah. I did what felt good. I did what felt fun. And, it, and um, it turned out great. I had no idea that Tracy was going to be as big as he was. I had no idea at all. So seven yeah, episodes. a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Working with those guys is a lot of fun. Chris Davis, our guest, the film, Big George Foreman. I, I'm, I'm thinking back. So you're filming this during COVID, right? Yeah. Does that help you or hurt you with the weight loss, weight gain? Because um, once you gain the weight, you want to go ahead and film, right? Yeah. So, uh. It helps in some ways, but it also hurts because you have to hold it longer. You know, uh, you got to put your socks on a different way. <laughs> you know, so yeah. you gotta, you just gotta be there a lot longer. So it, it helped in a lot of ways where because of protocols, it took longer. Yeah, to shoot. yeah. So sometimes, you know, there were things where we had to be move a little bit faster on something, but because of COVID protocols, mm -hmm. we had to slow it down, and then we got to do it right. So there were moments where we got to do things right, the right way, and not rush it. And then the other aspect is I got to hold the weight a lot longer or yeah. I have to train a lot longer. You know what I mean? Just yeah. to keep myself going. So, yeah. Yeah. And you're working on a play right I now? I just finished Death of a Salesman on okay. Broadway. Yeah. Uh, about a you're, month ago. You're not one to back down from a challenge. No, no, sure. no. Played Biff on Broadway. We did it 17 weeks. Um, and uh, as everyone knows, if anyone knows the story, that's one of the greatest American yeah. uh, plays to do. So, uh yeah, that was that was tough too. Check out the trailer uh, on YouTube, it's really and good. you can also just follow at Foreman Movie. It's the opposite of eighty for Brady. The trailer, yeah. the eighty for Brady trailer. Yeah, it's very gripping. No good. You'll want to watch it. Yeah, watch very the trailer is very good. It, it 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 has me wanting to watch. Yeah, real contact. We did real contact in the in the film, so you'll see some some nice hits, some nice fights. You know, the weight gain, the weight loss. It's very much worth worth a watch.
no Can't better wait. no better fight than the visual of him trying to put socks on though. <laughs> the, the spar that he went through. Uh, in the I'll gym. be thinking about that the entire time I watch, no doubt. Hey man, pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you uh, too. Here on, on Radio and continued success. Thank you, man. Chris Davis has been our guest here on Outkick 360. What a good dude, uh, first awesome and foremost. Dude. And he looks, I, I told him after the uh, chat yesterday, he could play 50 cent. He could yes. play 50. Yeah, yeah. And the yo-yo back and forth is what's crazy to me. It's not just, yeah. you know, De Niro and Raging Bull, he went off to Italy and ate pasta for a month and gained like 60 pounds. But he did it once. He played thin Jake LaMotta. Then he went and got fat and played older, fat Jake LaMotta, the last part of the movie, right? <laughs> This guy gained the weight, lost it, gained it again uh, to play this role of George Foreman. Very impressive commitment. Really impressed with him in that interview. And how cool is it to hear that story about Forrest Whitaker? Yeah. Where he said, you know you're in the company of a legend who's just at the top of their game when the director needs three different types of looks into the camera, and he does it on command. And he said he's watching him and thinking, oh, this is one of the best actors of our time that I'm watching how easily he could do that and convey so much without saying anything. Without, uh, without a speaking role in yep. that one scene. Yep. Yeah, that's... Really cool. And that stands out to him. You know, yeah. that's, that's the next level for him, he was saying. And I always say, you know, he, he said there at the end about you're going to see some real hits and real shots in this. There's no way to film a boxing movie and make it look realistic unless some of the punches are getting through. Right. I think. Now, you're not, you know, trying to knock someone out while you're filming a movie also. Was but like I, Eddie George and L.O. Cool J. Yeah. But I would like to, you know, I, every time I watch, I'm thinking, I wonder if that one got through. I wonder if there was contact on this one. You know, you can tell. When you go back and watch the Rocky movies, you can tell sometimes when he's pulling up short, you know, on the shot and the way they make it look and uh, not hitting. But I'm going to watch this movie. There's also like I meant a, what I said about this was the opposite of 80 for Brady in yeah. terms of the trailer. The trailer sold me on this one. They did a great job editing that trailer, you're saying? Yeah. Unlike 80 for Brady. Well, I also suspect the source material gave I, them a little bit more good content maybe. to work with in the trailer. I, look, I don't, I don't want to upset Alejandro Avila, who <laughs> loves it at OutKick in his review, but I think it's probably a better product that that trailer's trying to sell. So maybe. what's it like growing up as an Ohio State fan, getting an offer from Ohio State, and then choosing Michigan? Chase Winovich, defensive end for the Cleveland Browns, did just that prior to being drafted by the New England Patriots. He's scheduled to be with us, plus a lot more coming, including Donovan McNabb and Ron Jaworski on Outkick 360.